Hi, my name is Anja Karwowska and I'm the host of this amazing podcast, Get Unstuck with Your English. If you are a neurodivergent person, struggling with learning the language, tend to procrastinate too much, or maybe you have so many goals you get lost right over bed, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you have come to the right place, my friend. I'll teach you how to apply cognitive science and evidence-based methods to your learning. I will walk you through the learning plateau. If you're scared to talk, the vocabulary evaporates your mind. You have been studying for ages, following shiny objects, binge-watching Netflix, hoping that the knowledge will cross your head first Moses. If so, I'm here to help you. I'll show you how to study and tackle the language, and most importantly, how to make it stick. I'm inviting you on the journey with me. Let's add a science sprinkle to your learning. Hello, it's me, Anja Karbowska. I'm talking to you from Canadian-American border. Yes, today we'll talk about dyslexia and bilingualism. There are a lot of myths when it comes to dyslexia, especially when we think about dyslexia and bilingualism. So today we'll discuss or I'll discuss how to support your bilingual dyslexic student and what is bilingualism and does it affect dyslexia? Because there are so many views and ideas, very often they are contradictory. So let's dive in. Bilingualism is defined by Hamers and Planck as the state of an individual or a community characterized by the simultaneous presence of two languages. So that is the definition. We think of a bilingual learner, or in other words, we consider a person bilingual if they have competency in phonology and syntax, competence in semantics, pragmatic competence, conversational competence, and social linguistic competence. However, it's a little bit more complicated than that. There are different dimensions of bilinguality or being a bilingual person. So we have something that we call an additive bilinguality which is defined in a situation in which learner derives maximum benefit from his cognitive development and being bilingual. We have so-called balanced bilinguality, so it's a state of skills development in which an equivalent competence is rich in both languages. It should be noted, however, that whatever the level of competence is, so by that we mean that it's not evenly distributed in different functions of the language. And we have something that we call like a compound bilinguality or being a compound bilingual. It's a state of language development where two sets of linguistic signs are associated with the same meanings. For example, if the language is already similar. We have consecutive early bilinguality, which is a form of childhood bilinguality where the child is bilingual before the age of six. We have dominant bilinguality, very common. Yeah, it's surprising, but it's very common, which means that one language is more prominent than the other. And subtractive, in this situation, bilingual learners' cognitive development is delayed in comparison to their monolingual peers. So this is bilingualism in a nutshell. So now let's talk about bilingualism and dyslexia. So first of all, we know that bilingualism in general is the ability of speaking two languages. It may be acquired early by children in regions where most adults speak two languages or when a child is growing up in a different country. For example, at home they speak L1 and at school or the other country at the other place they speak L2, right? So then we call a child bilingual. Research findings prove that people with dyslexia who are bilingual outperform the monolingual dyslexic peers. That's one. However, they might experience difficulties in the schooling due to the presence of two languages. Bilingual dyslexic students can experience different severities because as we know, dyslexia is a continuum, right? There are not two dyslexic students who are the same. So if a child, let's say, is bilingual and dyslexic and their L1 is Italian, right? Obviously the struggle 
will be bigger if the L2 is French or German too, but let's say French or English, they are more complicated because English and French orthography is much more complex, right? So of course they will struggle. However, just because someone struggles does not mean we should forego or ditch the L1. So what the main takeaway should be first of all it is crucial to remember that even though there are some learning challenges when it comes to being a bilingual and dyslexic person what we should remember is even though dyslexic bilingual students struggle more in contrast to the monolingual dyslexic peers the benefits immense and that's why we should not encourage parents and caregivers to stop using the l1 or not to teach them to read in the l1 so the useful tips that any educator or parents should know. First of all, when it comes to bilingual dyslexic kids, students, people, a bilingual person should be assessed by a bilingual SLP, speech-language therapist, or by two speech-language therapists in L1 and in L2. Why? There are several issues. First of all, very often bilingual dyslexic students have a profound vocabulary. The repository is bigger in the L1, in the L2, and that applies to the background knowledge as well. So this is the first thing. Second of all, languages differ. If we take, let's say, my first language, which is Polish, second language, which is English, obviously we produce sounds differently. For example, we don't have dental sounds in Polish, so we don't have a then there. Second of all, our pronunciation of the Polish sound sh is different than English sh. Even though you may not hear it, there is a profound difference. They are produced differently. Third of all, if there is a SLP who is specialized in two languages, they will know how to guide the child and what support to provide and how to deal with any speech delay or speech processing issues. That leads me to another point. Bilingualism does not cause speech delay. So that's something we have to remember and bear in mind. Second of all, bilingual dyslexic students can be biliterate and do not, please do not encourage people or parents or caregivers to stop using the L1, to stop teaching the kids to read and write in the L1 because the so-called language transfer will take place. So strong foundational skills in L1 will lead to strong foundational skills in L2. So then what I cannot stress enough, teach the kids the code in both languages. Teaching should be rooted in science and the same applies to reading. That being said, since English is a morphophonemic language, the child should be taught the code. They should be taught phoneme grapheme correspondence. So do not ever teach phonemes in the dark. That is preposterous. Don't do it. Second of all, when it comes to the L1, L2, L3, because we might be referring to multilingual students, it applies as well to the other language. For instance, Polish being a syllabic language, that is why we teach syllables. English being morphophonemic language, we start with a phoneme and the grapheme correspondence. That's why phonics is a staple of language, however, it's not everything. And if you're a parent, and if by any chance your child is taught to guess, if your child is told to look for cues, if your child brings books home and the books are like, what is next? And the, you see these pictures that your child is supposed to guess the context from, run for your life. Change the school, teach your child to read at home. Second of all, if you're a parent, maybe even if you're an educator, and if you are told not to teach your child to read in L1, then again, run for your life or do your own thing and do not listen to school. I'm sorry, it pains me because I'm an educator, but remember bilingual dyslexic students can be biliterate and it really will benefit them. Third of all, if you have any suspicions that your child might be dyslexic, have them evaluated. And by saying so, I mean have them evaluated into languages.
if you cannot afford to have your child if you don't have the means resources whatnot to have your child evaluate into languages evaluate your child in l1 this will give you a more comprehensible outlook of what is going on and i would love to thank you for listening to me i love sharing my knowledge and i really appreciate and thank you for all the dms and messages that i receive and i wanted to let you know that in january 2023 i'm working on a three-day free facebook challenge which is called dyslexia in the esl classroom which will lead to my paid off paid off of course and i'm uh, leaving a link to the waitlist if you jump on the waitlist and you know it's not mandatory i mean buying the course it's not mandatory so you can just join the waitlist and see how it unfolds when you join my waitlist, you will be the first one to know about my three-day masterclass, which will take place in January 2023 on Facebook. It will be called Dyslexia and DSL Classroom. If you join my course, you will have access to all of my webinars, recordings, and ebook Dyslexia and DSL Classroom. But also, you'll have access to my webinars, structured Wave Inquiry in the ESL setting, and other cool stuff, plus my private messenger group. So I invite you, I'm here to make your life easier and to make your classroom management easier. And I want you to have the takeaway how to work with dyslexic ESL students. I want you to have the practical tools and worry no more what to do when you have a dyslexic student. I want to show you that learning a language and working with dyslexic students is not about accommodations and modifications, but about teaching them the foundations and showing them how the language works because it's really empowering. So I'm leaving the link to my waitlist in my episode description and I cannot wait to see you there. So have a lovely, lovely day and talk to you soon. Bye.